Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Barbie. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. Hi, Ken. I got us both ice cream. Cool. Hi, Barbie. 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 Oh, hi, Alan. There are no multiples of Alan. He's just Alan. Yeah, I'm confused about that. Welcome to Trilogy in Theory. My name is Webb, and this is my co-host, Mike. And Mike, when you and I decided that we were going to go ahead and save cinema, be a part of the, the Barbenheimer revolution, you watched Barbie first, and then Oppenheimer. Yes. I watched Oppenheimer mm -hmm. and then Barbie. What was your experience like? If you can't guess, we're talking Barbie, one of the biggest movies um, of this year and possibly of, of uh, several years. Very excited to be a part of this experience. Possibly all time. Yes. I'm so happy that it, it even, you know, triggered so many right wing small dick bitches. <laughs> like so happy. So, like that alone, you know. Uh, makes me very, very pleased and, and happy that this film exists. But yeah, what was your experience like watching this and then going into Oppenheimer? Um, well, so if I had done a proper Barbenheimer double, uh, I don't think I would have enjoyed that uh, particular billing on the, the double feature. I think I think I would have gone with uh, Barbie as the finale. But there were a few days. Uh, I saw Barbie as soon as possible. Uh, on a Wednesday night, like, you know, fan special access screening, which is just a way for them to juice the grosses. Mission Impossible did the same thing. They did one showing the night before, and, you know, then they start their, like, 2 o'clock showings, which also don't count as a separate day, but roll into the opening weekend. Um, it's gotten, you know, there's a lot of uh, trickery involved here, but I think it's safe to say now, a week later, there's no trickery in that there was a huge uh, outpouring of interest for Barbie because coming out of uh, Talk to Me, uh, which was sparsely <laughs> attended uh, on its opening weekend uh, because, you know, an Australian uh, original film, it's like, what of it? Like, <laughs> it's like, <laughs> oh, did they, did they manage to find a camera and, and get some Aussies to stand in front of it and deliver, you know, barely recognizable English, something like that? Who cares? What we really need is an Australian movie star and Margot Robbie speaking, you know, uh, I don't know what you would call her version of Barbie, but, you know, it's she's playing stereotypical Barbie as far as looks, but she still does it with a little bit more intelligence because as the trailer moment, you know, shows, uh, she likes to think about death, you know, as she's dancing. I come out uh, to the lobby and I see a sea of pink, and that's what I saw that first night as soon as I could watch it. Um, I think that I would rather, if I'd done the proper double feature, 
come out of Oppenheimer, maybe go get some food, you know, discuss the whole, as we did in our episode, the like, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Uh, and then, you know, have a few drinks, get slightly buzzed and enjoy Barbie. Although, as, as she mentioned, thinking about death, I guess there are also some philosophical discussions you could have. But I I do think that people are maybe making a bit too much out of Barbie. You mentioned some of the haters. Some of that could be, even if they enjoyed the movie, they, I've seen some comments like, well, it's, you know, the dialogue's pretty on the nose. Well, it, it's also the like sort of inner thoughts, uh, doubts, desires of a person that is then posited into this toys <laughs> brain and Barbie land. So you have to kind of roll with that. Uh, I just enjoyed the experience, that sense of discovery, because with all the, uh, positive buzz around Barbie. When I went to see it, I didn't know if that was just all marketing. I didn't know if people like once they got into it, you know, was this going to be a much more successful snakes on a plane where it's like, people were like, yeah, snakes on a plane. And then they get there and they're like, Oh, we actually have to watch snakes on a plane. <laughs> like, and they were smart in the marketing. You know, the, the trailers said, you know, for those that love Barbie and for those that hate, I am just wildly indifferent to Barbie. I'm just a, you know, straight dude. I never had a Barbie figure, but I enjoyed her uh, brief appearance in the Toy Story saga, I guess. That that was about it. Um, I had a blast with this. Uh, I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was just a it was a fun comedy with a little bit of heart, uh, and it did not make me feel bad about being a man. And I've seen someone film Twitter or whatever it's called now <laughs> say that it's <laughs> film X, which, you know, that's going a very different direction. Uh, they have complained that it should have made, if it was like a, the film that says it is, it should have made me feel bad for being a man. I think that's, uh, you know, I don't know. I don't know how far like the extreme left, uh, want to play right into the trappings of what the extreme right thinks people with leftist ideas, uh, are like. I thought in this movie, Ken is a jerk, but he's a jerk that I like to watch. He's an entertaining jerk. And I didn't want it to be a jerk that I didn't want to be around, because for that, <laughs> I, would, I would just go watch Oppenheimer yeah. to see jerks I don't want to be around. <laughs> so, I liked a lot of things about Barbie. I don't think it's a cohesive film that you know, I I left really thinking about. It. I thought about a lot of little things. To me, the entire film is is that scene with with Barbie and and you know she's she's thinking about well, I got to think about this kid who I'm you know I'm here for, and then she's on the is it like a bus bench you know bus stop and she mm -hmm. sees the old yeah. woman and she tells her that she's beautiful. Like that's it. That's the that's the movie to me. Everything and the, and the elderly woman has the Han Solo response. Like, I yeah, know. <laughs> perfect. Oh, absolutely! Like charming and insightful. It represents a kind of empathy and kindness, openness, insight that I think uh, women and men both should strive for. That that's it. That's the entire film for me, right there. Um, I you know, uh, uh, America Ferrera's monologue. Uh, I think gets uh, it's a lot of um, love here. I've seen it compared to the like the speech from Network, and I don't know. <laughs> I didn't read in too much into the person making that claim. I'm like, are you just saying like this is going to be a famous movie speech? Okay, 
<laughs> are you saying this person is unhinged and we shouldn't actually trust trust what she's saying because i didn't want to click further into the profile and see what if this person could be trusted i just took it like yeah that'll be a clip that'll be like an afi's 100 speeches 100 years or you know 150 years at that point but they may have been a hater and i just didn't know because i didn't click further they're like it's no leo i'm not fucking going from wolf of wall street it's not as good as that but it's it's right up there it you know like everything about that speech i think is great um i I love the the insight that you know the, the 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 realization that Barbie sees like, well, wow, the real world's really not at all like Barbie land. All this stuff, all the individual aspects. <laughs> Doesn't she say something like, you know, there's like a vague sense of like violence, like coming from those men. Like, yeah. <laughs> which is, you know, if you can't laugh at that, not, I mean, not only are you being like purposely like obtuse, but you're also missing some, you know, pretty fun dark comedy where it's like just just men sitting looking at this woman just exude violence and yet again maybe there would be people that find it uh that's not funny that's not meant to be funny i think greta gerwig means all of this be funny but as you well know the history of comedy is to 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 speak the truth but do so in a way that is palatable to the audience to make it you're able to sort of deal with the sort of darkness of your of your reality of your world granted it's a lot easier as as a man to be like yeah i bet that would suck anyway (laughs) it's very easy to be you know jay seinfeld and be like yeah that that sounds horrible oh no like i'd never want any part of that and then just go about your business which i'm very comfortable with tragedy plus timing right that's that's uh equation and that scene i think also is compounded by the fact that uh, when they first enter la can state something along the lines of like, wow, I feel admired, and then like, I don't sense any violence towards me, and Barbie's like, I do sense some violence towards me. So, you know, yeah, see, there's a lot of moments like that that I really love throughout, but I couldn't get over the fact that all of it is coming in an inorganic way. All the themes, everything that is expressed in this film, I am 110% down with. I agree with all of it. I think that um, of course, uh, women have to like ride this weird line, the, the awful balance uh, to be respected in in the real world, and it's 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 frustrating. I hate that. You know, the, the simple thing was like, oh yeah, a guy can go fuck a lot of women, and he's seen as a player, and that's something to be respected. And the opposite's going to be seen if you like. There's hypocrisy throughout um, the the lives of men and women and i love that the film points all of this stuff out in a very uh, a pg way i think everybody can can watch anybody can watch this odd to me that it's pg-13 but anyhow i want to actually ask you about that before you moved on because you're, you're as a, a parent yeah I, i've seen uh people either i know personally uh or just uh you know in the in the film world that have said oh i really dug it i don't know if it's appropriate for kids i mean there's some moments and i'm I was wondering what are those moments because I well I think there's some you know very pointed humor that the kids might necessarily understand just yet thankfully you know if they're still innocent but I mean I watched Beetlejuice when I was I don't know 6 or 7 and there's certainly things about that that I didn't fully comprehend the ramifications of I mean I thought it was a fun ghost story I didn't really consider uh as a ghost being trapped 
uh, for eternity in your dream house that you may no longer want that will be, um, you know, <laughs> made worse off by Catherine O'Hara and company. <laughs> the horrible, I guess, what New Yorkers come to town with their horrible tastes and sensibilities. But um, as a parent, do you find, I mean, what, what, because I, I was racking my brain, I'm like, well, what is it that I would, what would I give a shit about as far as a kid being exposed to? Because while, yes, Barbie is slightly hit on and Ken wants to come spend the night with her, even in the, the rules of Barbie land, he doesn't know why. Yeah. He doesn't know what he wants to do. So I was trying to figure out, like, what, what is it that it would be like horrible for kids to be exposed to other than, you know, the patriarchy. If they start asking questions about that uh, and you have, you know, you have a little girl, so is it just the fact that you're just going to have to rip off the bandaid and be like, well, <laughs> if you, you know, the, the coin came up this side, as opposed to the other side, uh, there's a greater you know, possibility that life will suck worse for you <laughs> than for the other <laughs> side. Is that what they're talking about? Cause I don't think it is. I don't think they're approaching that. It seems like they're talking about sexual humor that I don't really remember being there. I mean, I guess, you know, the whole beaching people off, is it like, oh, it's too close to beat? Is that, is that what it is? I, I have no idea. I mean, I, you know, uh, uh, The Conjuring. The Conjuring got a rated R rating, and it's not a violent movie. And when uh, James Wan asked the uh, MPAA about it, he's like, why is this rated R? They're like, it's just scary. Oh, it's too intense? Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So I guess that's it. Just the overall vibe of Barbie's just like, this sounds adult. And that's why it's PG-13. Oh, I, I can't wait to watch this with my daughter. I think she'll have a blast. Well, you know, when she's a little older. Not, I don't need to wait till she's 13. But when she's like 8 or 9, I have no problem like <laughs> watching this with her. I think she'll have a kick out of it. Um, in Toy Story, there is, my, my favorite joke in Toy Story is after you first you meet Sid and he blows up that um, combat Carl... Buzz Lightyear's like, oh, I could have stopped him. And Woody goes, Buzz, I would love to see you try. Of course, I'd love to see you as a crater. That is a violent thought. <laughs> <laughs> that I, 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 you know, you stop and think about it. That's an ex extremely violent thought coming out of the, you know, the, the mouth of a toy. Yeah, but it, it, for whatever reason, you know, I don't know. The MPA decides like, oh, I guess we don't have to worry about that. There's adult things through, you know, scattered in, in a bunch of kids movies. I don't know why this one was PG-13. And all of those little things, I think, don't quite add up to something that I liked as much as everybody else. I'm glad that it exists. I'm glad that these themes are being discussed and, and I'm glad that people are enjoying it. I'm clearly also not the target audience and I accept that and that's okay. I just felt like all of this stuff, this discourse, I wish it came from a film that was a little more organic and not as artificial. And I know that's funny because it's about a Barbie doll. I get it. Um, the, it also felt a little um, derivative of what the Lego movie did. And, and maybe it's just the case of the Lego movie got here first and they just did it first. That's interesting you bring that up. I can't remember if it was... Amy Schumer, Amy Schumer was attached to this, uh, I think, as Barbie, which that's going to be a very different movie. I'm assuming she's, you know, not playing stereotypical Barbie. She's playing probably closer to the Kate McKinnon character, who uh, is a little bit more all-seeing as far as has some sort of connection to the real world, uh, because she's kind of been cast out, uh, both in reality and Barbie land. Um, there was also Anne Hathaway at one point was attached to this, and I, you know, I it's hard seeing her as stereotypical. Barbie either. That's not really her persona. Um, and I can't remember which 
version of it, but one of the filmmakers behind either the Schumer or Hathaway one said the trouble they were having was the direction, the obvious direction, which is kind of what you're saying, the obvious direction to take it is to get close to the Lego movie. Uh, as far as the uh, the connection between, you know, how we view the world with innocence and then once we actually have to step into uh, things with adult eyes and how that changes. Um, and they were really trying to avoid that. And they're like, well, fuck, now enough time has passed. Clearly they can kind of lean into that. Not only that, but they can cast Will Ferrell in, in the role. <laughs> and it was sort of like lamenting, like, well, shit, we couldn't have done that in 2016 or 17. But now it's like, okay. And yeah, I, I don't think people were really making that connection. I don't, it, it's, it's funny to think that something that was wildly successful less than, I don't know, was it 10 years ago? Now it's like, yeah, we can kind of do that again and no one's going to hold against it. Now you're dropping the fact that there's certainly any number of films that have father son comedies that have teachable moments and, you know, heartwarming moments um, it did make me step back and think that, well, yes, there have been melodramas about maybe a mother and daughter or about, uh, f- you know, female companionship in some way. It isn't really done at this scale. Um, and I mean, there's a lot of money on the screen here. There's really going for it as far as like, this is a big project. And I don't think that we're used to seeing that with not only a female eye, but also directed, um, towards a fem- primarily female audience. Not that men can enjoy it. I, I enjoyed it. And there were men in the you know the first showing that first night that were sometimes laughing louder and they were the only laughs in the crowd. And then I realized that I was laughing this like loudly with like the three other dudes in the theater and the women were all silent. And I'm like, are we outing ourselves as far as like, was this a bad moment to be laughing? <laughs> but that being said, this is not just taking like a, female filmmaker and giving her a Marvel project and be like, see, this is the the fucking ladies doing this now when really there's like a house style and they all kind of look the same. This has a distinctly, uh, female gaze so much. So I mean the, you know, the Barbie land, the sort of the, the hook of it is, is that the Kins are accessories. That's what Ryan Gosling's version of the character has to come to terms with is that he only exists uh, when it suits Barbie's interests. <laughs> and the thing that I think really sets people off is Barbie does not have any interest in him as a romantic partner. She, none of them have really much interest in any of the Kens. And it, I do think that some of the online discourse, some of the men are outing themselves because there are plenty of female roles where they are just the love interest to a men, especially in Marvel properties that are so sexless. It's like just enough to know that they're straight and then that's it. No, there's not going to be actually any physical pleasure and there's really no pleasure from the ladies being around, but it's just to know that he's a, he's a dude that likes things that straight dudes like, uh, when he's not going and wrestling other straight dudes, when he's not, when he's not got their meaty man breast in his, <laughs> in his palm, he, he likes a nice lady around. Um, and I, you know, it's like you said, it's okay for, do you experience like a pop culture sensation that is not geared to you? So many things are yeah. geared strictly to the male audience, um, especially things that are meant to be broadly populist. Um, and it's okay for it to not even hit those four quadrants. Uh, that's weird to say because this is wildly successful. This is going to be a billion dollar uh, property. But I don't really think it is a four quadrant 
thing. I think it's it's most things where it's like, okay, this does have a specific audience that are probably going to love this and they're going to cherish this throughout the years and give it plenty of rewatches. But that's that's okay. It's okay to be outside of pop culture. Yeah. I, I never got into Harry Potter, but I didn't really give a shit that there were people who fucking love Harry Potter. There's a Harry Potter world they can go to, that they have tattoos of it, they've grown up with it. That's totally fine with me, and I didn't need to be invited to the party, and I would have turned down the invitation to, to, to the Harry Potter like Halloween party. That would have been fine with me. It is, and I, I don't know why... Well, yes, I do. I was like, I don't know why these people are, uh, you know, raising against uh, trying to, you know, that dumb, I don't even want to say his name. But, like, the vitriol, the review bombing, I I was going to say, like, I don't know why, but I do know why. Because ultimately, that's the attitude towards women. Well, I understand why people sell that idea. I understand for clicks that there is a counterpoint. I don't understand why, (laughs) like... I have disliked plenty of the Marvel movies, uh, but you know I went to 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 watch Eternals. Um, talk about a sparse <laughs> crowd for my for my Eternals viewing, <laughs> like and I was movie. like, "Well, this is this is a <laughs> long, boring piece of shit." <laughs> and uh, it seems like even the Marvel fans kind of feel like, "Yeah, okay, this one's not not that great." I didn't feel the need to go read more about the, the Eternals. I was just watching. I was like, I didn't like that. And so why the hell would I want to waste more time? I'm certainly not going to like go make sure I can bring down the Rotten Tomatoes score. I, you and I were texting earlier today. Like you, you sent me one where it was like, I don't know the dude's name, but it might as well have been like Mike's movie blog. Yeah. You know, that's, it, I mean, it's not that far off from it. Was an official like Rotten Tomatoes, score that that should not happen I like know. i say that i'm saying trilogy in theory should not be getting a vote on rotten tomatoes either <laughs> because we'd be review bombing whatever the positive version of it for sphere trying to raise, <laughs> raise it 25 years later 100 <laughs> percent. i i it's wild to me that um there's some individual out there who just can't leave like this has nothing to do with you. <laughs> Leave it alone. Um, oh, I will also say one of my favorite scenes in it is the reference to uh, restore the Snyderverse. Like <laughs> that got. I think that might have been the only audible like mm. laugh out loud moment for me because I was like I was so happy. Like Gre- Greta Gerwig gets it. Like I didn't. You know I didn't dig this movie the way that everyone else does, but she gets it. All right. Like I I dug Little Women. I I Lady Bird has really grown on me. And I'm excited to see whatever she does next. Did you, um, you know, if you were on an uh, early date, you know, we're both married and uh, our respective partners probably have enough experience with this that they are they already know all the all the bullshit and the baggage we bring with our our interests, our podcasts, and you know, action figures and movies and steel books and all that nonsense. Um, did you have anything where you sat and you're like, oh yeah, I'm I'm being made fun of right now? Like, now I, I have no uh, musical uh, sensibility at all, so I've never. You can never accuse me of picking up an acoustic guitar and singing to my partner or serenading because that sounds like a nightmare. Like the people who dream about waking up naked in school, that sounds like something I would dream of myself. Like, oh, I never would want to do that. But there was a sequence where uh, a man was. Uh, mansplaining the Godfather, Godfather. and couldn't wait, <laughs> could not wait to mansplain the Godfather. Where I'm like, mm, maybe that one hits a little close to home. I was like, have I ever done that? 
I, I, I haven't done that exact thing, but I remember my wife not enjoying the Godfather as much as I am. I'm looking over, I was like, why is she not liking it as much as I am? <laughs> I was like, you realize this is like the ultimate immigrant story and, uh, you know, what America. But she's like, yeah, it's, it's, it is what it is. I was like, hey, yes. Oh, watching that scene, not only was, did I, was, was I aware that I'm being made fun of, but I had that. I had this thought in my mind. I was like, "I know what you're trying to do, but in all seriousness, Godfather is real." <laughs> <laughs> like I was that guy. I was like, "I know what you're doing," but but you know, all joking aside, that's, that's what I'm getting at. Where it's like it's okay to be you know above the joke, even if yeah. your intentions are good, even if your intentions are noble. Because um, I'm certain there, you know, there there are plenty of women out there who are cinephiles that have letterbox accounts that hopefully listen to this podcast and just enjoy being surrounded by film and the discussion of it. Um, so it's not strictly a male trait, but I don't think that's great. What Greta Gerwig is saying. However, yeah, there, there are plenty of dudes that had the, you know, the fight club poster on the wall that probably wanted to, they wanted to be enthusiastic uh, a little too much with someone that really didn't give a shit. And that, that person, because they respect them and have, you know, hopefully love for them. Just accept it. And the thing is, uh, I don't think that men realizes, um, for the most part, if you want to get into the, like the patriarchy, when it comes to our little pop culture discussion, uh, sliver of it is I do think that that has been decidedly seen as an accepted male trait. And if a woman's doing it, it is like that sort of manic pixie dream girl. Like, oh, look at this. It's like overbearing or like, oh, this is like a uh, like a cool girl. If you want to go back to like Gone Girl, this is someone mm-hmm. being a little extra. And I don't think that men, when they're enthusiastic about their hobbies, uh, unless they're like LARPing in a field <laughs> somewhere and hitting each other with foam sticks. Oftentimes, if you're just talking about a band you like or a movie or whatever, you're just like a fan. And we have embraced fandom to the point where the the Snyder cut joke is valid, where it's like that's acceptable to be so into this one thing. But I don't know if we like, and clearly we can't, because why are you hating on women being so into Barbie right now? That's the, that is the same thing. It is just it's just their thing, and let them enjoy it like you enjoyed the Snyder cut. Yeah, I have to be careful there because. Um, you know, you have to put in the like, I'm sure there are a lot of women that also like the Snyder Cup, blah, blah, blah. But to make my point, like Barbie, well, here's a, a harsh point. Barbie's an actual success. <laughs> Snyder movies weren't. Right. 100%. I don't care if you're a man or a woman. If you like the Snyder Cut, I've got a, I've got opinions about you. So <laughs> can I admit today, Webb, I was in Half Price Books and I'm uh, looking through stuff and I see like a... Snyder cut, like a 4K Snyder cut disc release. I didn't even know that got a disc release. Yeah. Although, I mean, why wouldn't it? And, but it, it had the, it looked like it was some sort of bootlegged. It just looked off to me. Where I'm like, this doesn't look like an official thing. And like, have they tricked, you know, my beloved half price bookstore, my local, one of two local stores to accept this and slap a $14.99 price <laughs> tag on the 4K Snyder cut? I should, if I took a picture, I'm going to send it to you and hopefully you can help verify with me uh about that but um yeah i don't i don't know uh like why there has to be like a backlash to enthusiasm when it comes to pop culture because the only backlash you're gonna get from me is indifference 
And I think the Barbie fans would enjoy you just shutting the fuck up. They'll accept your indifference. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they don't need you butting in on this. Yeah. Uh, that All that is to say that I actually really enjoyed this. I enjoyed my time with it. And if we're, you know, continuing the sort of Barbenheimer discussion, I'm definitely team Barbie, team pink. Oh, 100%. I'm, I'm team Barbie as well. Uh, I didn't <laughs> love it the way everyone else did, but hey, man, like, it's all good. It's not meant for me. I, I, and I can't wait to rewatch it with my daughter. I think she'll get a kick out of it. She's not really into Barbies. She's almost, she's four and a half. Um, but she, I, I think she had a Barbie, like a surfer Barbie, but she played with it for a little bit. Like it was like, you know, the new toy thing, but uh, it didn't last. Uh, she's really. And it became Kate McKinnon. <laughs> no. <the> world. <laughs> I will say she lost her clothes really quick. I don't know why this, she couldn't keep the clothes on this Barbie. Yeah. Naked Barbie. <laughs> All right. Like, Lawrence Pugh, Barbie. That's, that's what I like right. to hear.